Bibles with me to Genesis chapter number 8. We started talking about the secret of a fruitful harvest before the Easter holidays. I want to continue if it's okay with you. The secrets to a fruitful harvest. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 8 from 20 to 22. The Bible says, And Noah built an altar to the Lord and took a, of every clean animal and every clean bed and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelt a smoothing aroma. Hallelujah. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done while the earth remains. Seed time, harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. So we started talking about seed time, and I gave you a few principles. I don't know whether you still remember them. Let's rehearse them very quickly. The first principle we said was that you get what you sow. Amen. Whatever you plant, you are going to reap it. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. Hallelujah. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. Amen. As a matter of fact, life is a series of what we have sown in the past, what we are enjoying today. The, the job you have today is as a result of the education you had. Amen. So if you're a doctor, it's because of the many days and years of hard work in school, isn't it? That is what you are enjoying. If you're a lawyer, it's the same. If you are uh, a musician, it's the many hours of practice that has brought you where you are. Which also means that if you don't like where you are in, in life today, you have to start sowing something different in your lifetime so that tomorrow will be different. Hallelujah. And the second thing we said was that You reap what you sow or you reap a good harvest if you stay at it or you persevere. One thing I've seen with people with, with, uh, in life is that people are not persistent or perseverant. People like to start things, but they don't see it through. Am I making sense? People start good things, but they don't see it through. People start exercising. Generally, you see the gyms are full. By, by tomorrow is the, when the gyms are open, isn't it? Because there's been lockdown. I can bet you, I can guarantee you that from tomorrow the gyms will be full. But give it six weeks. Not even six weeks. By three, four, Minister Kiran is in the house. Come on. <laughs> All right. By, by, by end of May to June, people have stopped going because people are not consistent. 
There are some people, we start prayer in the beginning of the year. We say, this year, I'm going to make sure that I'm in church every Sunday. I'm not going to miss any church. I am going to be like David, who said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I'll be in the house of the Lord. They start well. One month, six weeks, eight weeks, then they start missing a couple of Sundays here and there. And then by the time you realize, they don't go any longer. Hallelujah. That is why Jesus said that if you continue to the end, then are you my disciples. You don't qualify to be a disciple just because you started. You don't qualify to be a a, a man of God because you, you started Bible school. No, it is when you continue to the end, then are you the disciple of God. Hallelujah. And how many know that life is a very long road? Life is a very long road. It is not a hundred meter dash. It's a marathon. So it means you've got to pace yourself. Hallelujah. You've got to learn how to pace yourself. Number three, you sow in one season, but you reap in another season. That is what confuses a lot of us. We don't realize that what we are sowing or what you are reaping today, it's as a result of something we sowed back then. Amen. Some people have issues with their children, but they don't realize that in another season they were given their parents issues. Uh, because of the change of season, sometimes you don't realize that you are reaping what you sowed because the season has changed. Hallelujah. Don't let the summer fool you. It is what you did in winter that you are getting the results in summer. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? Are you with me so far? Then we went on to talk about the harvest is more than what you sometimes say, I don't know why my children are behaving, misbehaving. They are doing, you saw some small misbehavior in your day. And now you are reaping a harvest full. And sometimes you cannot quantify it. You cannot put a finger to it. I wasn't this bad. Yeah, yeah, but you are enjoying the harvest. The harvest is always more than what you planted. Hallelujah. Number five. Sorry? Number four. Number five. You reap in proportion. The measure with which you meet is the same measure you will be giving back. Amen. The measure that you used to sow is the same measure you used to reap. Hallelujah. The bucket you use is the same bucket you are going to get. Amen. Some people will like to do good things, but in very little measures. Your good is measured. It's like a teaspoon full of good. And you are wondering why you are not reaping a bucket full of harvest. Good harvest. You are getting teaspoon harvest. Hallelujah. It's the measure you use is the same measure you are going to get back. So we started looking at a few things that we need to sow. Amen. How many remember the first thing we said was what? The seed of what? The few seed that we sow. That sometimes we don't realize we are sowing, but we reap it nevertheless. It's the seed of words. Someone say seed of words. Words are seeds. And you are going to reap the words you have sown. Amen. Some of us, we don't realize that the things we say are more powerful than even our prayers. 
The things you say when you are not guarded is more powerful than the prayers you make. Because the Bible says that you will get what you say. Amen. If you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and not doubt in your heart, you will get what you say. So what you say is very important. As for me, I'm fed up with my marriage. As for me, I'm fed up in this life. As for me, I'm tired. I'm, I'm about to give up. I, want, I wish I had died. I can't do it. Some people's national anthems, I can't do it. The default setting is I can't do it. The default setting is always negative. Negativity is always coming out of your mouth. And you wonder why your life is the way it is. It is not rocket science. Hallelujah. Words are powerful. Somebody say words are powerful. Your words are very powerful. The, The whole world creation was created out of words that were spoken. If the creator in, his, in whose image we are made brought the whole earth together by the power of his words, then the power of your words are very, very important. By the power of words, people go to war. By the power of words, countries are turned upside down. If you don't believe me, check America a few, a few years ago. Somebody came into uh, the presidency and the person started saying some words and the country was almost upside down. Hallelujah. Then recently there was a change of government. The words have changed. So we're seeing that it is settling. Life can be tumultuous or life can be calm depending on the words that come out of your mouth. Amen. So don't be unguarded. When it comes to words, be very deliberate. Hallelujah. How many have default settings that are negative? Give me a wave. You know, it's like anytime anything that comes unconscious, it sounds negative. If you are that person from today, be careful. Be deliberate about the words. Hallelujah. So let the weak say, let the poor say, It takes a conscious effort to let the opposite come out. You are broke by saying that let the poor say, I am rich. Hallelujah. You are weak. You are feeling sick. You are feeling tired. You are feeling, you know, under the weather. But let the sick say what? I am healed. I'm strong. Hallelujah. Because the actual truth of the word is that you are strong. Even though you don't feel it now, you are strong. It's only a matter of time. Hallelujah. Even though you don't feel that you are, you are rich, it's only a matter of time. Life changes. Hallelujah. The season will change. Then we went to the seed of forgiveness. Hallelujah. Seed of forgiveness. And in the scripture, the Bible says, that if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither would your heavenly father forgive you. Amen. It is only in forgiveness from God that he linked it with our forgiving others. Our forgiveness of others is what, that is the only thing he linked. If you want me to forgive you, then forgive others. Because he knows that human beings as we are, we don't necessarily like to forgive. Amen. So I said to you that forgiveness is a gift you give to yourself. 
When you forgive somebody, you haven't done them a favor. You have done yourself a favor. Because you have guaranteed that God will also forgive you. Amen. Then we went on to the seed of help. How many need help? All of us need help. We needed help to come into this world. Amen. And we need well help to get out of this world. In every, every stage of life, you need help. Never ever come to the place where you say, I am a self, self-made man. I don't need anybody's help. I, I, I am an independent person. I am okay, all right by myself. I can do all, bad by all by myself. I don't need anybody. No, no, don't, don't talk like that. Because we all need help. And that is why you must so help. When somebody needs help, please help them. Go out of your way to help them. Hallelujah. So a, a, a lawyer came to Jesus and said that, who, who, what should I do? He said that, love the Lord. Be good to everybody. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the guy said, and who is my neighbor? Is it the one who stays next door? Then Jesus gave a story. There was a man that fell amongst thieves. When the priest came and saw, he passed. The, the Levi came, saw, and passed. But the Samaritan. In those days, Samaritans were enemies of Jews. But Jesus referred to that person as a neighbor. Hallelujah. Because he sought help. He took the man, he bound, he bound his wounds and took him to the inn and said to the innkeeper, here, take this amount of money. If you spend anything more than this, when I'm coming back, I'll pay you. Hallelujah. He didn't even want to see the welfare, the man, whether he got healed or not. Say that when I come back, whatever, I owe, I'll pay. Hallelujah. Let's learn to be helpful. Even to people we will never see again. Amen. Because you are not doing it for them. You are not doing it for a thank you. You are doing it as unto the Lord. Hallelujah. You are doing it for a credit that one day you also need help. I say one day you also need help. And you wish that somebody will come to your rescue. So you rescue somebody now. Amen. The next one was faithfulness. Amen. How many know that faithfulness is one of the dying spot. Faithfulness is a dying spot. Not a lot of people are faithful these days. You can't trust people for a long time. In this microwave uh, generation, people are not trustworthy. Relationships don't last long, as long as they used to last. I mean, the queen just lost her husband and they've been married for 73 years. Hallelujah. We married for 73 years. Today, when people are married for five years, they say, I'm tired. I've done so well. Now, it's time to leave and go to something else. Pastures new. Hallelujah. Can't persevere. Our 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 fathers, our grandfathers, they married. My 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 father was my my mother married, and my father got married. I think they, for 50, 56 years. Fifty six years, married. Sometimes I ask my mother, "How did you survive?" 
this man. It, it was obvious that love had very little to do with it. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, love had very, very little to do with it. Because my father was a very difficult man. If the truth be told, my father was a very difficult man. He was known in the area. All the kids knew his engine sound. You don't have to be in his vicinity, but when you hear the, his engine coming, you either jump a wall, you either leave the vicinity, or go somewhere different. When he enters the house, you see people reading books upside down. Very hard man. But my mother was, till the day the man died. Hallelujah. Faithfulness is a dying sport. Because these days we move with our feelings. Not with, not with principles. Our feelings are what we move by. Not principles are dying. That is why people are hopping from one church to the other. From this church to the next church. You see somebody who goes to this church and that church. When I don't feel like it today, I come here. The next day when I don't feel like it, I go to the next place. Then feelings. No. It is not about feelings. It's about staying faithful. Being committed. You see people, they, don't, they can't stay in a church more than 18 months. They'll be offended right now and leave. And go somewhere else. So you see, like in Leeds, they have taught all the churches. Everywhere you've been a member before. You were here, you got offended. You were here, you got offended. You were here, you got offended. No. Without realizing that, you see, the problem is everywhere. The problem is you. When you go to the next door, the, next, the problem has transferred from here to that place. Because you took the problem with you. Hallelujah. I pray. I will be faithful. You know, our great-grandmothers, they stayed in one church from the day they are born to the day they, they die. My mother has been a member of the same church. Same chair she sits on since I was a baby. It's the same chair she sits on. The same hymn, hymn book and the same Bible that she goes. And her tight card is brown. Depending on the uh, department you belong to, you have different color. So some have purple, some have blue, some have green. My mom's own is brown. Tight card, and it's in the uh, Bible. And you see every time, they, 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 they write the date and they sign. Write the date and sign. Write the date and sign. One day, if I, when, next time I visit, I'll bring you like a few years. I'll take... 1964, 19, <laughs> and I'll bring it so that you see samples. And you see, she's, every one has been filled and signed. Never missed a tithe. Never missed a dues. Faithful. Close one eye. <laughs> and let's look at your, your tithe record. In your head, in your head. Let's see whether you take. <laughs> whether you, you are faithful. <laughs> anyway, let's move on quickly. That's not what I want to talk about. Amen. The next one is what? That's it. Okay, today I want to start. I want to talk about, I think this is one of my favorite seats. 
The seed of evangelism. Hallelujah. The seed of evangelism. This is the only seed that Jesus himself commanded us to do. In Mark. Chapter 16, verse 15, he said that, and he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Hallelujah. This was Mark's version. Matthew says, in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, he says that, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that you ha- that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you, even to the end of Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Hallelujah. The person there is new, so give her time. She's learning. Amen. All right. Are you there? Yeah, teaching them. And I'm with you to the end of the... And, and, and Luke also gives his version. But Luke's version can be found in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Because Luke continued. Dr. Luke wrote uh, the book of Luke. Gospel according to Luke. And then he continues in Acts. So Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It says that what? But you shall receive the power after the Holy Ghost has come over you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the world. Hallelujah. It means that you have to learn how to sow the seeds of evangelism wherever you go. Hallelujah. Wherever we go, we need to sow the seeds of evangelism. Turn your Bibles with me to uh, Psalm 126, verse 5. Psalm 126, verse 5 to 6. It says that those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seeds for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaths with him. Hallelujah. This gives us the nature of evangelism. Going out to sow is a process of weeping. It's a process of humiliation. It's a process that is not easy. Amen. But he says that doubtless he shall come back rejoicing. Hallelujah. Which means that the harvest of that evangelism is the blessings from the Lord. Amen. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all other things. It's amazing that you doing evangelism and doing kingdom business is linked to your promotion at work. It's amazing that you just inviting somebody, just speaking to somebody about God, it is linked to your health. It's amazing that just you uh, uh, doing kingdom business opens yourself up to multiples of blessings. So that person, the Bible says, shall doubtless come back rejoicing. He went out sowing in tears with weeping. But doubtless, somebody said doubtless. There's no doubt about it. They will come back rejoicing. 
the reason why sometimes we struggle with this is because it's a two-step logic. And human beings don't like two-step logic. We like one-step logic. One plus one is two. We understand it. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And put your hand back in your pocket. And then all other things will come to you. And then he goes on to say that for it is the same things that you seek that the Gentiles also seek. And your heavenly father knows that you have need of it. And yet he's saying that you seek first the kingdom of God. Then he, he goes on to encourage us. He says that look at the lilies in the field. They neither toil nor spin. They don't sweat to, to look beautiful. Look at the sparrows, the birds of the field. They don't sow. They don't have it. They don't plant. They don't plant. But your heavenly father feeds all these ones. Hallelujah. How much more you? Hallelujah. So I encourage us. It's a dying spot, I know. It's something that we, we, we believers don't do these days. Amen. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow and he himself does not know how for the earth yields crops by itself first the blade then the head after that the full grain on in the head and when the grain ripens immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come now, I want us to look at this process. The first process I want you to see is that the only seed that we have been commissioned to sow, he's saying that, go back to, the, go back to 26. Let me show you something. He says that the kingdom of God is as if a man should, somebody says scatter. Do it like this, scatter. See, there is a difference between deliberately dropping, measured, deliberate, and scatter. There are two different things. Hallelujah. There is a, a deliberate sowing. Most of, of the, the, the seeds that are sown in, uh, I don't know about, about many areas, but I know that most seedlings, uh, like maize and things, they are scattered. Are you with me? They are scattered. Sometimes they put in a combined harvester, and then the harvester just rolls it, and then they have like different heaps, different rows, different. So as it's going, it's scattering the seeds. So nobody deliberately digs a hole drop three or four, and then close the hole, and then go to the next bit. Some, some places do that. 
But in this part of the world, you have a, the harvester or the planter is, is like a vehicle and it's going, as it's going, it's dropping. It's dropping because it's scattering. Am I making sense? It's scattering. There's, there's something there. Evangelism should be indiscriminated. It should, be dis- it, should, it should not be discriminated. It should be scattered everywhere. You don't do it just because the person looks like you. You don't do it just because the person uh, comes from where you come from. You don't do it because the person is your age mate. You don't do it because the person uh, looks like you. No, no, no. It should be indiscriminate. It should be scattered. The kingdom of God is as if a man took a seed and scattered it. Not deliberately planted. The reason why churches are getting smaller and smaller and smaller in this part of the world is because we are deliberately planted. We are looking for people who look like us. We are looking for people who come from where we come from. We are looking at people for people who are our age group, people who look like who, who can relate with us, who we can relate to to, to, to to sow the seed. And that is why the seed is not yielding anything. Hallelujah. It's supposed to be scattered. Whosoever will may come. Amen. Scatter the seed. Hallelujah. I said scatter the seed. He never said that be specific. So Luke says that start from where you are. Jerusalem. Scatter in Jerusalem. Then go to your neighboring city. Judea. Scatter there. And even to your enemies. Scatter there. And when you have done even to your enemies, go to the ends of the world. Scattering. Wherever you go, speak the word. I say wherever you go, speak the word. Amen. So scattering is described by Mark. It's, it's, you, mu- you mustn't just evangelize or speak to people who you are comfortable with about Christ. Speak to everybody. Amen. Look at, look at the reason. Now there's a reason why you should, be, you should scatter rather than deliberately plant. Come with me to look. Look 14. Look 14. Verse 15 says that when this is the parable of the banquet, the great banquet, a man made a great banquet and he invited his friends, people he knows, people, his business partners, his acquaintances, people he, he fraternized with, he invited them to come to enjoy the banquet because that is what he thought, that I should have people who I'm comfortable with in the church. I don't want to be in a place where the, people are, my, the person sitting next to me smells funny or the person next to me looks suspicious. I don't want to see somebody who has like tattoo on his forehead, on his neck and everything. So I don't want to, you know, so when you are giving a, a flyers in, in the city center, you, you give, then you skip. When the person coming doesn't look savable, you decide that this one can't make it to heaven. So you skip and go to, this one has too many tattoos. So this one, this one has a, a what do you call those hair? That punk, that Mohican, you know, the Mohican with the starched ones. And rings in the nose. So this one is not sal- uh, salvable. It's not save- savable. Just put him to the side. and give- No, no. This is what the, the man with the great banquet, this is what he did. When those at the table. No, verse 16. Let's start from 16. Jesus replied, a certain man preparing a great banquet invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent 
his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is ready. But they all began to make excuses. The first one said, I bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. And another said, I have bought five yokes of oxen, and I have to go and prove them or try them out. Please excuse me. Still, another said, I just got married, so I can't come. I won't come. Then the servant came back and reported this matter, this to the master, and the owner of the house became angry. Amen. Why would you not be angry? Because look at the, I don't know whether you, you, you can, you can uh, picture the, the cost. Maybe he rented a banqueting hall. He decorated it. He went to hire the most expensive chef. They did five uh, uh, course meal with different, uh, you know, different drinks. I remember uh, one of, I don't know whether it was my birthday or, or Pastor Gloria's birthday. Somebody came from Milton Keynes with new recipe of drinks, of uh, juices, coconut water and some tom juices. You know, the person just came and did it. Non-alcoholic natural cocktails. Mocktails. And uh, apparently, that particular thing is very expensive. But they did it for us for free anyway. But you just imagine if this guy got some people like that who travel miles to come and set up. And all these people have come. And they've done all this preparation waiting for the people to come. And then they go there and there's no one there. Everybody says, I've, I've, how, who buys a land without looking at, it, looking at it? You don't inspect that land before you buy it. Who buys a car and then have to go and do a, try, a drive? If you have married a wife, is this not the best place to take the wife to, you, to a, a, a party? So, you know, the thing about excuses is that excuses are common, a polite way of saying that I won't do it. I, 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 don't have, I don't have a lot of patience for people who make excuses. Because for me, you are insulting my intelligence. You don't want to be rude, so you want to give me a story. But in essence, you are telling that I won't come. I won't do it. Are you with me? I, I think that it was the only th- the third guy who was truthful. I married a wife, so I won't come. The rest is like, can you not prove the yoke of oxen after the banquet in the morning? Can you not go and inspect? Is it not better to inspect the land during the morning? Is it the evening that you want to go and inspect the land? How would you see what you are inspecting? Hallelujah. <laughs> Remember those days, they didn't have touches. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you see, when you are deliberate with evangelism, the outcome is small. That's the reason why these days we have smaller, churches are in smaller rooms. Oh, Pastor William, please. (laughs) Yeah, because we don't want to feel guilty. So go and find a room that sits 10 people, 20 people. We put chairs. So when we get eight, we, are, we don't feel bad. When he said that, go and scatter seed. Because you want to be deliberate. You want to show your cousin, 
You want to say your, your, your flatmate, your work colleague, you know, your auntie, your cousin, your brother's girlfriend's friend, you know. So you have, you have the chairs. Every seat has a name. Even though they are not sitting on every seat has a name. Just like this man who made the banquet. He had names on each seat. Specific people. The master students that are coming, they are coming from this particular region, so we don't sit here. Then these people, we are seeing, these ones that are coming, they will also sit here. These ones that are coming, they will sit here. We have specific names on specific chairs. Hallelujah. And then it comes to a point where if you are specific, you also get specific excuses. Specific targeted evangelism produces specific targeted excuses. You missed a good place to put your hands together. Yeah. Hallelujah. That is, that is not rocket science. Hallelujah. The gospel is supposed to be scattered. Whosoever will may come. Whoever wants to come, let them come. They will come raw. They will come not looking like us. They will come not behaving properly. But that is how the gospel is. They are supposed to come like that. They are supposed to come raw. They are supposed to come smelling. They are supposed to come looking funny. They are supposed to come looking, uh, looking suspicious. They are supposed to come like that. But give them time. Hallelujah. So it goes on to say that the owner of the house became angry and ordered the servant, go quickly to the streets, to the alleys and the towns. Bring in the poor. Bring in the crippled. Bring in the blind. Bring in the lame. Hallelujah. Because those are the people it's easier to get. Are you with me? People who have problems. People who are poor. People who are weak. People who are sick. It's easier to get them. Because already they need help. So when he say, come and I'll give you help. They will come. That's what the gospel is all about. Amen. So the servant went and said, sir, the servant said, what you ordered, we have done. But there is still room. Someone said, there's still room. Amen. And the master told his servants, go to the roads, the country lanes, compel them to come so that my house may be full. I tell you, not, not one of those who have invited will taste my banquet. Why do we need to scatter the seeds in evangelism? Number one. The invited guests normally don't show up. Amen. They won't show up. Number two, the invited guests will make excuses. That's why you need to scatter beyond your reach. Number three, the invited guests are not always interested in what the master is interested in. Hallelujah. I remember we, we started a church in France and uh, I was to my surprise 
when we started the church, I thought it would be easier to reach people that I know. So a friend of a friend, a brother of a friend, a cousin of a friend, you know, those targeted evangelism. So we will go and visit. Remember going to visit this guy? He stayed, the whole house, his whole house would be from this wall to this. Up to here. It's a living room, bathroom, kitchen, bedroom. It's like that. I kid you not. How many remember Pastor, Pastor Bruno? You remember Pastor Bruno? Yeah, Pastor Bruno's friend. I mean, it took us some hours to find his, his house. We went. He lives in a very tiny place like this. You can't even tell. That's why this one, we'll get him. So we went. He had his whiskey. And I don't know what else drink that was in front. He was looking at that and he had sugared himself some way. It's like, uh, I said, okay, you go. You go. He said it in French, you go. I'll think about it. I'll come later. <laughs> He never ever showed. And it wasn't him. The, my assistant pastor, his elder brother, was in the country. This is my assistant pastor, the one that when I speak, he interprets. So we went to his house. And he has many children. So I, was, I had already calculated him, his wife, his children when they come and add to the ones I have, I'll get. He was the first person that made me understand what meeting is in French. As soon as he hears my, my voice, oh, pastor. And he says, I'm sorry, I'm in a meeting. Every day he's in a meeting. <laughs> yeah, because they are not interested in what the master is interested in. But if you had scattered the seed a little further, there are people who are waiting. You know that the, the, those bad people in the hedges and the highways and the byways, they were already waiting. That's why it was so easy. As soon as they went, the people came. Someone say amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. The people you think that ask for this, but I'm not going to waste my time to, to invite them because they might not come. They are the ones who will come. Hallelujah. The invited guests will choose less important things over what the master wants. That's why you need to scatter the seeds. Going to look uh, 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 prove an oxen or look, the oxen is already bought. Whether you prove it or not, it's yours. If you prove it and it's coughing, you still have to have it. If it's lame or, or blind, you still have to have it. It's, it's less important, but they will choose that one. Going to look at the land in the night is, is not important. Can be done in the morning, but no, they have already chosen. Are you, are you understanding it? Yeah. Total concentration on invited guests will endanger the banquet. If 
you really want the banquet to go on and be successful, you must look beyond the invited guests. That is why it's, it's important to go the extra mile to scatter beyond the rich. The next one, the banquet hall stands empty. There's a threat of it being empty during the banquet if you don't scatter further than you would otherwise do. Hallelujah. And you must also understand that the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame have been waiting in the alleys for years for someone to come and get them. They've been waiting. Do you know that in Leeds, 98% of the population don't go to church on a Sunday? Did you know that? 98% of the people in this city don't go to church on Sunday. Only 2% go to church. See, I'm a statistician, so anywhere I go, I, I do the statistics before I even do anything. Hallelujah. So you see, when we are struggling with a member of the Sun and Moon Church, and a member of a Rainbow and a Sunshine Church trying to steal this one. Trying to, we're just dealing with 2%. When 98% are waiting. Hallelujah. They've been waiting in the alleys. The, the servant went and came back and said, what you told us to do, we have done. There's still more room. Say that, go. Even the dodgier ones, bring them. Go to the crack house. Don't leave anyone of them out. Bring them in. Hallelujah. And another reason, the scattering time or seat time is only for a short period. The reason why we need to be very, very deliberate and very, very urgent about scattering the seed is because the time is short. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, and 4, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because of the itchy, having itchy ears, they will heap for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth. So if you don't do it now, you won't be able to do it again. Hallelujah. Where is the generation of the, uh, um, the, the old people of the past? What's the guy called Smith Wigglesworth? He was from this land, isn't he? He's a Yorkshire man from Bradford. He was walking. Smith Wigglesworth had a, a four-week cart. Do you know what a four-week cart is? It's like a, you know those type of uh, four wheels and then a cart. And he's put a little megaphone and he was holding a megaphone, and he's just walking, pulling the cart. And he's speaking. Hear ye, hear ye, the word of the Lord. Hear ye, the word of the Lord. He was scattered everywhere. Even if you don't want to hear, you hear. Hallelujah. You hear, because it's not about invited guests. It's about scattering. Today we have ten the gospel into invited guests only. Hallelujah. 
So that came for the invited guests. Amen. A time will come, those people in the hedges and in the byways and highways, they are only waiting for a short period. If we don't come now, we won't get them. Somebody else will get, get, take them. Something else will take them and we'll lose out. That is why Islam is multiplying. Even in the, do you know that it's the fastest growing religion in the whole of the United Kingdom, in the whole of Europe? Do you know why? Because the people who were sent didn't go. And those others who went, went for invited guests only. Hallelujah. So Mark goes on to say, ours is just to sow and go to sleep. Look at it in Mark chapter 4 verse 27. You should sleep by night. Go and sow and sleep. You are not a personal Holy Ghost. You are not supposed to go and uh, uh, transform anybody. Just sow the word and go. Are you with me? He says, you go and sow your, 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 your seed and you should sleep by night. And rest up by day. The seed that you have sown will sprout. Because it takes the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works in tandem with us. I say the Holy Spirit is working in conjunction with us. Hallelujah. All we need to do is to sow the seed. Just say the word. Like Pastor Sam was saying, use your life. As a testimony. That's all. Your life is a message. The things I used to do, I do them no more. The place I used to go, I go there no more, hopefully. Great change. Since I met God. Use that testimony. And it's enough. We are not the Holy Spirit. Just so and leave the rest to God. Amen. Some may decide... Not to come today. But next week, something may, you see, when you sow, somebody else also comes to water. Somebody else also comes to sow. So sometimes it's just one word you sowed, but you left it. Five years ago, later, ten years later, the person just comes to themselves because now the harvest is ripe. Amen. Then Mark goes on to say that your seed will yield a harvest. Verse 32, your seed will yield a harvest. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may have nest under its shade. Hallelujah. All of us, we are this picture. I don't know whether, you see, when I was reading this scripture, I remembered myself. I remember this guy who used to come and chase me to go to church. One day I invite him here to come and preach. The guy, anytime I see him coming, I jump the wall and run because I didn't want to go to church. He would come. It's when I hear, his, you know, he has a way of knocking on the gate. So when he knocks, I know it's him. I'll jump the wall and go because I don't want to go to church. But he never gave up. Sometimes when he comes, my mother will go because I'll be hiding behind the house. 
So you tell him, you pass here, pass here, pass here. He's there, pass here, pass here. So I'll, sometimes I'll be hiding. Then before I realize, he's tapping me on the back. <laughs> Then I know that's what today we have to go to church. <laughs> yeah. But thank God, today I've become a tree that people are hiding under my branches. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because somebody sowed a seed. Somebody didn't give up. They were persistent. They sowed the seed. Hallelujah. And so when you're also sowing the seed, don't give up. Be persistent. You don't know who you are going to preach to. You don't know what they'll become tomorrow. Just keep doing it. Hallelujah. Keep doing, keep persevering. Keep preaching the word. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 to 9, it says that after all, it's, who is Apollos? And who is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted seed. And Apollos watered. But God has. The, is the one who has brought the increase. So it is neither the one who plants. Nor the one who waters that is anything. But only God who makes things grow. And one who plants and the one who waters. Have one purpose. And they will each get their reward according to their own labor. For we are co-laborers together with God. Hallelujah. Which means that God needs your legs. God needs your hands. God needs your voice. Hallelujah. To go and say that Jesus loves you. Jesus sent, he came to die for you. Come to the, the Father. Come to the kingdom. When you're finished, somebody else will do a, vis a visit. Sometimes you have to do the watering again. But keep doing it. Keep doing it. I remember when this brother who used to come and chase me, recently he called. He called me. And he called us. Then I, I, we started talking. Then he, we started talking about the fellowship that he, we, he used to take me to. And then I said to him that, you know, I always preach with you in my church. Then he said, you two, won't you forget this thing? I said, no, no, no. I've been telling people that I used to jump the wall. So one day I want you to come and preach so that you tell them the story yourself. I have not been preaching all my life, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. So there's hope for you. I say there's hope for you. Amen. So keep sowing. Keep sowing. Let me give you a few, a few things quickly as with my time up. Okay, quickly I'll give you a few the reason why we need to sow the seed or the things that we need to bear in mind is that we need to pray for more laborers. Pray for more laborers. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, 36, let's start from 36 to 38. Matthew chapter 9. He said... When he saw the multitude, when Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he said, the, verse 37, he said to the disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Verse 38 says, so therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest that he may give 
more laborers into his harvest field. You know, when I read the scripture, I remembered something. Recently, Pastor Gloria's friend kept bothering me. Every time she would call and send a text that she wanted to have a meeting with me. And I was wondering what this meeting was about. And she kept persistent, persistent, persistent. So I said, okay, I will come. Normally, I'm not interested in things like that. But I said, okay, I will come. So she, she organized the meeting on Zoom. Then I went. When I got on the meeting, I saw that there were other people there. Do you know what they were, the meeting was about? Selling, was it cooking utensils? 5,000 pounds worth of cooking, 7,000 pounds worth of cooking utensils, a set of cooking utensils. And this was a whole presentation. 7,000. You know, cooking utensils. This one can do this magic. It can do this magic. It can do this magic. When you eat from this, you'll never die again. <laughs> and, 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 you know, this lady was so passionate. She was so passionate about this cooking utensil that when you fry, you know, your, your uh, breakfast with this, you'll never die again. Your life will be prolonged. Cholesterol will finish in your body. You have, uh, you become lean and no more blood, no hypertension, nothing. You, you lose weight instantly. And you see, it sounded ridiculous to me. But the passion with which she spoke, can you imagine if you have the same passion about the people who are dying and going to hell? The Great Commission. If you had the same passion, can you imagine? Just for some small commission that you'll get out of it. don't know whether it's 20%, 10% commission. This lady chased me. In the night, she call. In the morning, she call. She send text. She, ah, at the point. But for my wife, I would have blocked it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number two, Christ has called you to be a fisher of men. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. He says, follow me and I will make you what? Fishes of men. Now, there's something I need you to know about fishes of men, of fishermen. Every fisherman doesn't just go in the night into the, the, the river or into the water or sea and throw nets anyhow. They first make a recce of where the fish are likely to be. Isn't it? You know, in the rainy season, when the in certain rivers that flow, you know, the, the salmon go up to the to the top of the hill. So as the water is flowing down, they are going against the tide. And the fishermen and uh, um, all these type of uh, bears and everything know that that is the time. That is the place you get a majority of the fishing. 
So they go and situate their net there because they are deliberate. Fishermen are very clever. They are deliberate. They know that if you go to the sea in the morning, you, 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 during the day, you won't catch any fish. When you go at night, you are likely to catch more fish. And so God is, Jesus is telling us that we have to be deliberate. We have to know where the souls are and go to the exact place where the souls are to get them. Not just go anywhere. You go and stand in the uh, middle of uh, the belly pack that only five people pack, pass the whole morning and you say, I do evangelism. You are like the fisherman who is sowing, who is throwing his rod in a place where there's no fish. You are not smart. You are working hard, but not smart. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? For you to be a fisher of men, a fisherman of men, you have to be deliberate. Where are they? Go to the highways. Go to the byways. Go to the hedges. Go to the den. The land. Those are the places you are likely to find them. And bring them in. Hallelujah. Are you with me? If you are called to be a fisher of men, then we must be deliberate. We must be smart about souls. You sit on the bus. Start talking about the weather. Wow. It's, it's going to be a hot one today. I'm already feeling hot. I say, yeah, yeah, it's, it looks, it's, 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 it's going to be really, really, I, I think the temperature is going to be 22 degrees to, to, today. Guess how hot hell will be. Excuse me? I said, guess how hot hell will be. So I, I, I didn't understand. No. Can you imagine being in hellfire and burning without any break? What is this hellfire you talk about? I'm glad you asked. You shouldn't have asked. Turn an ordinary conversation into evangelism within five minutes. Anyway, have a good day. I'll see you next time. You have sown the seed. Go to sleep. As this man is sleeping, the Holy Spirit, hellfire, burning. One day he'll be ironing or he'll be taking a, his uh, coffee from the kettle and then the, 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 he just puts his hand accident and it burns him and he gets a little uh, blister. blister and then he goes, Whew. hell, it's going to be hot. No break. It's going to be really hot there. Then that word that you hear, remembers that word that was said on the bus by that crazy girl who walked away after saying that. That thing. The Holy Spirit begins to use that. Then as he's trying to nurse his blister, how would I nurse my whole body in hell? Hallelujah. Number three, you cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. For we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation. To everyone who believes, to the Jews and also to the Greeks. That is why you cannot afford not to preach the gospel. You cannot afford 
to just the whole year has come. We are first quarter of the year, you have never invited anybody to the house of God. You've never ever spoken to somebody about the love of Jesus Christ. Are you ashamed of the gospel? I said, are you ashamed of the gospel? Why haven't you shared the gospel with anybody? How come you have no tracks, no flyers in your bag? You have no flyers or tracks in your car ready to hand over to somebody. You don't have a word in your in your mind. You see, when when I got born again, you, as soon as you get born again, you are taught for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. All have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. With your heart, man believes. With, with, the, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. These are the scriptures we are taught. Immediately you get born again. So you are already armed. When you meet somebody, listen, all have sinned. You and I have sinned. So what do you mean by have sinned? When Adam sinned and Eve sinned, we all became sinful. There is none righteous, no, not one. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If you believe in him and you confess, he, he, he says that with, with, the, with the heart man believes, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Immediately. That's, that's the gospel. That is all you need. It's just five different uh, scriptures. And they are all in Romans. Romans and then John 3.16. That's it. Romans 3.23, Romans 3.26, Romans 6.26, uh, uh, Romans 10.9 and 10. Hallelujah. Are you with me? 2 Timothy 4.5. I'm ending. 2 Timothy 4.5. Do the work of an evangelist. I said do the work of an evangelist. Second Timothy, are you there? Be watch, but you be watchful in the things and your afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Hallelujah. What is the work of an evangelist? Somebody who goes scattering seed. And says, that is the work of an evangelist. A seed scatterer. Invite somebody to church. That's the work of an evangelist. You go out. You bring people in. That's all. Your work is done. Don't come to church next week alone. As an evangelist, bring somebody. You are the, the, the one who's supposed to broadcast the good news. You receive it and you give it out. Hallelujah. Are you okay? 2 Corinthians 5.20 You are an ambassador of Christ. How can you be an ambassador and not promote your country? Recently, the uh, what's what's uh, Myanmar government? Myanmar, what's, what's yeah? The 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 ambassador in uh, London was locked out of his of his uh, residence, and he was walking on the street because he didn't promote the government. 
<laughs> so the government say you, you are not coming inside today. <laughs> Stay out. Yeah. Because an ambassador is supposed to promote the country of origin. Now are we ambassadors of Christ. As though God were pleading through us. We employ you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. Hallelujah. We employ you. We beg you. Make sure you and God are okay. Come to church. Get to know God. Give them your Bible. Talk to them about the love of Christ. Hallelujah. He that goes about scattering seed in weeping shall doubtless come back with joy. What you don't realize is that one of the, these days, the person you went out to sow may not be the one, but the, the cousin's brother's friend will marry you. The sister's auntie's uh, uncle's friend will employ you 